You're listening to You're United listening. Q Podcast. We're brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet, Kamado Joe, and Smokewood Shack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ provide quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. ProQ Gourmet, supplying the UK and Europe with top championship winning rubs, sauces, marinades, and accessories from the US and around the world. You can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. Kamado Joe is renowned for build quality and innovation. From smoking, roasting, or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Check out commandojoe.co.uk plus Facebook and Twitter. I'm Dan and I'm here with my co-host Ben. Hello. And on this week's podcast, you are chatting with probably the most awesome people in UK barbecue close to the world. I'm not sure. What do you think, Dan? I would just say straight up world. Yeah. So we give you Ben and Dan. Hello. Woo! And the crowd goes wild. I can just I can hear them from here, can you? All yeah, way, yeah. Even all the way over in Kuala Lumpur. Mm-hmm. They're going crazy over here. I always say Kuala Lumpur as you were moving out there, but since you've been there, you say it differently now? Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know loads of the locals. It's, it's poor, like Kuala Lumpur. Mm. I think maybe, I don't really know, to be honest, but that's the way they say it. So They probably say it was, right, didn't they? <laughs> Yeah, I was just sort of like, oh, I guess I've been saying it wrong my whole life. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's like a maybe like a, an Indian thing. So very much like uh, like poor would be how, like how they. I mean, like we'd say Jaipur, for instance, but it's like Jaipur. Like, uh, so I don't know if maybe that's just the way they pronounce it. Like the PUR is the huge Indian Indian influence here, dating back to I mean, like hundreds, a couple of hundred years ago. So. So yeah, mm. it could be potentially to do with that. I'm not sure, but but yeah, Kuala Lumpur is is just I guess how the locals say it. So I've just copied them. Do as the locals do, they say. Yeah, I've started saying it like that now, and no one knows what I'm on about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where is, no. where is he? Is in Kuala Lumpur? Uh, do you mean Kuala Lumpur? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean Malaysia. I, I well, actually, they, they pronounce like Malaysia like funny as well, but. Uh, Malaysia, because well, it's like Malaysia, like rather than like Malaysia, because it was it was Malay or Malaya, I believe, and then they combined with Singapore, and to recognise Singapore, they added the S I A on the end, which is the Malaysia. So it's actually pronounced slightly different to traditionally how we pronounce it but anyway this is fascinating uh, stuff isn't it? <laughs> yeah i know i know i'm sure everyone's oh, so num- eager it's to weird all the numbers are dropping off already it's <laughs> only two minutes in interesting yeah. very interesting well it's a good job we write a script so that we're like always keeping it on topic <laughs> really isn't it yeah exactly well, i mean one thing that living over here has done is open my eyes up well i wouldn't say open my eyes up but helped yeah, me were very blinkered before i know helped me learn a lot more about sort of their uh, food from around the world especially from obviously southeast asia and asia so 
And I mean, obviously, like this huge, huge, huge mountain pot, which is Kuala Lumpur, uh, has people from all over the world living here. And, and it's amazing to be a foodie here because I would say it's quite similar to London. London is a great place to be a foodie as well. Whatever you want, whatever cuisine you want, there is uh, normally an area in London you can go to, but also just thousands of restaurants in London where you can go and decide I want uh, Turkish or I don't know. You, can, you want you can Israeli food, anything, can't you? Because uh, yeah, yeah, we did it. Like when we were, me and Louise were only there like a couple of weeks ago, and I was saying to her, that's one of my favourite things about London. And it's not not just the food thing; like it's just like anything, isn't it? But mm-hmm. like we were we were just there, and we we're like, I wonder if there's a gluten free bakery like nearby, and there just like always is. Like whatever you think of, you can search for it on Google Maps, and there'll be one just around the corner from you. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it literally is anywhere. Like you want Cuban, you want Mexican, you want whatever it may be. That there is always place at least one place but normally a whole cluster of places that you can go to and experience like pretty legit sort of uh food so and normally as well like when you go into these places there's always the the local people as well so i think like when you open like for instance like a cuban restaurant in london you get a cuban following pretty quickly and then uh the, the way that london is is people are very open so then you start getting obviously uh, English people coming in and stuff like that but it's a great place I think to meet like people from those cultures because I think that they are immediately drawn there and become like a it's like a little bit of a community sort of center I guess uh so yeah I don't know what I was talking about now but yeah <laughs> chaos quite quite Inspiring. similar to that yeah and you can go out and literally like what you're saying about London is like it's always so many options around you wherever you are and uh i mean recently i've been really really enjoying uh korean korean food in general but uh korean barbecue is has been something i've been really interested in i mean i've been making kimchi for years now but i mean that was really as far as like korean barbecue as i I got to be honest but it was i was on holiday actually in on an island recently and this was a, the first sort of real Korean uh, food experience that, that I don't know was was very different to uh, I don't know which which set the rest apart. To be honest, we we went to this place and it's called Haru, and uh, the the server, the guy, I think he he may have been the uh, secret owner. I'm not really sure, but basically he he came over and he literally went through the whole entire menu with us, uh, crazily enthusiastic explained everything told us what to get and told us what not to get told us like the most popular things in korea told us how to eat them told us what we should get with them etc 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 we ended up with this whole host of things on the table and they're all amazing and that was sort of really my first real real korean experience i reckon because uh normally you go into like someone like that and you, you look at the menu sort of dissect what what sort of thing you're going to get and find something you're maybe, I don't know, I wouldn't say comfortable with, but something that you look at and think, well, that sounds nice and go for it. Whereas we just try things that we didn't even have a clue because he told us they're good. And we ended up with this amazing uh, feast of Korean food. I mean, since then, 
I've approached my sort of Korean barbecue in a slightly different way. So I learned quite a lot that night. And uh, yeah, so it's so been a little bit of a, a foodie discovery, sort of Korean food, even though I've been cooking some of the elements for years and using some of the marinades and stuff for years. It's been sort of a, a great, fun sort of experience recently. So I'm very learning all about the, the ingredients that the, the Koreans use for their flavors and and stuff like that. It's just it's been real good fun, to be honest. Yeah, I and saw it. I've literally just seen it today because the uh, barbecue mag, UK barbecue mag, latest editions out today. Oh, yeah, yesterday. The in, spring spring edition, yeah. Yesterday, in terms of this is out tomorrow. So actually, <laughs> for, for you, it is out today. Mm-hmm. But was it out for you yesterday? <laughs> out for me yesterday. Yeah. Ooh. For you, it's out. It was out today. <laughs> yeah. For me, it was out yesterday. By the time it's released, it for you it was out yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And for me, this was out two days ago. <laughs> oh, this is crazy. This is like Inception. It's like being in the Matrix or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So you're. It's in there. I've just seen it. So do you want to talk us through a bit of that? Okay. Well, really, it's it. The Korean barbecue is is pretty simple. I've had good Korean barbecue, and I've had, I've had quite. I would say bad Korean barbecue as well. And sometimes for me, the, the or what defines bad Korean barbecue for me is over, over marinated, over glazed meat. So, and maybe not just over marinated, over glazed, but I mean, it, sometimes you go to some of these places and, and they're, they're glazing or they're glazed or they're ma- the marinade is, is extremely sweet. And I think maybe that's how they've changed to, to suit sort of Western tastes. I'm not really sure, but, or make it more accessible to a wider, wider audience or something. I'm not really sure, but, uh, but yeah, that is, that is something that I, I associate with sort of bad Korean barbecue, but in general, I mean, Korean barbecue is, is all about extremely good quality meat for one, which for me makes it sort of similar to Japanese. I mean, Japanese, they'll eat, like say for instance, if you're gonna put it like I mean, me back home, I'll look for a huge bit of steak to cook. In Japan, I'll look for a smaller, amazing quality piece of steak to enjoy every mouthful. Uh, and Korea's the same. So, so it's not really the meat's not really the uh, or it's the star of the dish, but it's not the sort of main elements of the dish. And you've got a uh, Condiments called bakan. Bakan is uh, basically a load of small dishes that are on the on the plate with with the other food. So, like a Korean Korean like sort of eating, whether it be barbecue or their general food, is all about the bakan. So, uh, literally, it's just a load and load, a load, a load, a load of small dishes on the table of condiments. So, I mean, you could, if you put this into sort of perspective, it could be sort of like 10 different Mexican salsas, for instance, or like four or five salsas of chimichurri and I don't know, something else, for instance. That That, that is the sort of thing we're talking about. But in like, uh, in Korea, so they do stuff like, they do their own like, uh, it's like coastal basically, but it's like a spice version. They do stuff like kimchi, but kimchi, as we know it, is, is slightly different because there's about 35 different types of kimchi. So, uh, yeah, so I mean, there's hundreds of different 
dishes on the table and you're meant to like sort of it's it's all about sort of it's a real food experience i would say korean barbecue because you 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 order your meats which could be beef tongue but it could be sirloin or ribeye or uh whatever you want really be a short rib they eat short rib in a different way so their short rib is cooked hot and fast sliced thin cooked hot and fast and uh and yeah and it's a very i say it's like the ultimate like experience sort of food so you you and the ability sort of to to customize it and getting involved in it it's a very interactive style of eating because what they do is they light a barbecue in the middle of the table so everyone around the table sat around the barbecue and uh, and you've got all of these little dishes of food sort of spread around all over the table. And then you order your meats. So you order your meats, say, I want – I mean, you can mix your meats as well. They love pork. They love chicken. Uh, but, I mean, beef's king. So, I mean, you, you could order like four or five different types of beef. Even brisket. Brisket's another one. They serve brisket to be eaten hot and fast, sliced thin. So they come out with these wafer, wafer, wafer thin slices of uh, brisket. And and you can basically uh, dip it dip it in the marinade, grill it or grill it, and then dip it in sauce. Or they have uh, it's like a real mild salt they use. You can just salt it and eat it. And and yeah, I mean they they basically partly freeze the meat normally and slice it extremely thin, so it's extremely tender. But yeah. how but thin, yeah, how thin are you talking? I mean, some of it is so thin. So, for instance, like the brisket would usually be like, I don't know, like one mil, two mil thick. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean... Like a parma ham type thing. Yeah, like a parma ham. Yeah, yeah. So they literally, like, so imagine they freeze up a big old brisket and and start slicing up uh, slices out of it. Mm. And, yeah, so that's that's how it's served. And for me, I mean, I guess that's why, I mean, it must be behind it's, it's incredibly tender same with the short ribs short ribs normally a little bit thicker uh they don't normally do that quite so thin and then like a pork belly for instance you can get the same sort of thinness or sometimes people i mean again asians like to have a bit of chew on things so you can go a little bit thicker uh some of the ones you can buy like, i mean they can be like sort of five mil so quite thick uh like slices of pork belly they like delivered to the table. So, I mean, there's, there's all sort of points of difference. And then also your server will help you grill if you want, if you're not sure if there's something different. And like, uh, so yeah, it's sort of like, it's really customizable. Your beef, you, you want it just touched with the charcoal. You want it a little bit more well done. People around the table can, can grill their own beef uh, or all their own meat in general. And yeah, I mean, you add what condiments you want to it. Cause you've got about, 20 plates of backhand around you and you can add what you want uh yeah so i mean it's just a really fun cool food experience and and delicious as well i mean especially if you go somewhere with nice meat and you're willing to to i wouldn't say spend a lot of money but i guess uh just reach into your pocket and, and and buy good ingredients it's a great great style of food and a real fun way to eat with people it sounds really cool it's not not really what i guess i expected from it no uh i mean a big thing that you do again is like is marinate the meat i said earlier that uh although i do like their marinated meat i mean bulgogi is uh that's one of the dishes and bulgogi, I mean, literally means fire meat. That's what it translates to. And it's usually beef. 
and they marinate it. They marinate it in like soy sauce, plum syrup, sugar, stuff like uh, garlic, spring onions, uh, mirin, pepper, ginger. Uh, and yeah, it's probably about it, to be honest. Some fresh fruit in there maybe sometimes. Uh, stuff like, I don't know, uh, I think I put in the, in the recipe on the, in the magazine like grated uh, pineapple or something to, to tenderize mm. it slightly. So the, the acid in the fruit tenderizes the meat a little bit more. Uh, and it can be it can be quite sweet. So if you like, because the plum syrup is sweet, a little bit sharp as well, and you add the sugar and with the fruit, it can be quite sweet. So as long as you you make sure and, and keep an eye on the sugar, it can it can be delicious as well. You delicious make really sort of uh, fruity, tenderized meat. So that's that's also great as well. But for me, like just the the amazing meat on the table uh, and grilling it to your own liking with a little bit of style and then the fresh, the fresh condiments and also the pickle condiments like the kimchi and stuff just for me is just a, an amazing mouthful. Every mouthful is delicious. You can customize it up. It can be spicy. It can be just plain. It can be salty. It can be whatever you want. So it's, it's, it's a real good food experience in general. I think a real sort of a, uh, I don't know, just good fun and, and just different. Is that that way of like you cooking it yourself kind of thing at the table? Is that what's expected of everyone? Or could you just be, I don't want to cook it. I just want you to serve me up food to eat it. In in general, in general, the uh, the waiter will actually cook a lot of it for you. So unless yeah. you unless you tell them that you're confident cooking, I mean, that is part of the experience that the waiter will actually, when you order, he'll stand at your table and he'll grill the meat for you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So you can literally go in and just eat. Yeah. It's still good fun because you got someone at your table sort of grilling for you, and uh, the meat's being cooked straight in front of you. So obviously, the smells and stuff coming out are just fantastic. And yeah. So I mean, you can go in and just eat dinner, for instance. But but yeah, I mean, if you're confident grilling, maybe you like go in once and see how they do it because they do it slightly different, uh, or you can watch their technique. And stuff like that, because quite often, sometimes, like the slices are quite big and long, like not thick but thin but long, and they'll grill it and then slice it with some scissors on the grill into into like sort of bite-sized pieces for people to dig into. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's just it's probably good fun maybe on your first time to watch how they do it and then get in there and, and go yourself. You use metal chopsticks instead of uh, wooden ones. Uh, that's so you can grill without uh, burning your chopsticks. So yeah, it, it's it's really good fun and and. Soju, the accompanying drink, is like uh, sake, but served cold, and it's delicious spirit or distilled sort of spirit, and it just gets you extremely drunk very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. <laughs> mm. So, so yeah. All in all, it's it's. I would say it's one of the great food experiences on a night out. Mm. So, you're so yeah, grilling with chopsticks rather than tongs. <laughs> yeah. It's a new I mean, one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's good fun. Good fun. Good fun. Learn, good fun. Better learn to use chopsticks yeah. first. Yeah, I would <laughs> if I were you. <laughs> I, I'm useless to them. I just don't. It just doesn't work. I've always been right. Uh, Sarah, since moving over here, has become quite the uh, quite the hand with with chopsticks. So, so yeah, I think that, not that we use chopsticks over here loads, but 
I think or you probably do actually. Yeah. You chop skill here quite a lot because yeah. uh, the style of food reads. So, so she, yeah. She catching flies like Karate Kid style. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> but uh, talking about London, going back mm. to London, you you, you recently uh, went to Douala. Yeah, yeah. It was it was so good. I think I went I went in with very high expectations and I wasn't disappointed whatsoever. I like yeah. I we arrived like way too early. We we allowed we allowed like about two hours to get from our hotel when it was only really half an hour away. Uh, mm. We we got there like with uh, over an hour t- before we needed to get to our table. So we we were like ah. Oh, should we just wander around the area? So it's in Shoreditch, so it's quite a cool, trendy area anyway. But yeah. I got to the door and I said, like, oh, we'll just have a little look inside, may as well see if he's about me, because it's quite early. See if I can see Niall Davidson in there and have a chat with him before if he's before he gets too busy. And they mm-hmm. were like, yeah, yeah, we got in there and they were like, oh, yes, yeah, it's, it's fine. Like, just have a seat at the bar and we'll bring you a drink over and that, so... They brought us some champagne over, and we sat there, had a little couple of glasses of champagne before our table was ready. And it was just jazzy, and I went round, and Nile gave me a little tour around. I say around the kitchen, but like it's a it's a open plan rear, like yeah. so. So you didn't well, have to that, go in that, there. <laughs> that doesn't know or doesn't remember, we had Nile Davidson on the show. Uh, no, probably about six months ago now. I'm gonna, I would yeah. say like a couple of months ago, but actually, time flies. Yeah. So I'd say probably about six months ago, we had him on the show and uh, he was talking about opening uh, opening Nuala up. So if you want to go back and listen to that, guys, you can listen to to uh, him talking about Nuala. He opened it with uh, Colin McSherry, who's uh, the ex-chef from The Fat Duck and also he worked with Heston Blumenthal. So, so yeah, those two guys are teamed up and, and Nuala's all about amazing produce and sourcing amazing meat and stuff like that. So... So yeah, uh, tell us yeah. more. Yeah, it was it just. I like, I feel like afterwards I've like really gone on about it, like not too much, but I'm, it's getting close. So I just keep going on about how brilliant it was, and Louis, yeah. like my wife Louise agrees. Like she was like, the service was just so good. It was they were always there, like they weren't badgering you or stuff like that, but they were just always over, like ready for when you needed your next drink, and they listened to like stuff you'd said and they'd come and make recommendations to you and it was just mm-hmm. like the the perfect service you couldn't fault them and then when it came to food wise uh, the the steak and i feel bad now for not doing a bit of quick research before this now but the steak that he served was like by far the best steak i've ever eaten in my life and i've eaten a lot of steak and yeah I I just I had to tell him afterwards. I was like, "Yes, I've had a couple of champagnes and maybe a beer, but this is definitely the best steak I've ever had. It was just the ultimate beef flavor, and it was just cooked to perfection." Luckily, Louise was full, and she had like one slice of hers left, so I got a bonus piece. It was my birthday, so I think I deserved it, and it was Amazing. just so good. Um, you talk about service, and mm. and sorry to interrupt, but I mean, you 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 look at people working there, and basically, uh, so front of house operations is uh, undertaken by former uh, Noma 
worker and also i mean their their wine selection their wine offering uh was also uh by another uh noma mexico worker so when noma obviously did the pop-up in mexico then i guess that they worked over there yeah. so i mean like you're talking people from some of the best restaurants in the world uh and i've actually heard people describe noala as, as potentially uh the best restaurant in the world so mm. it's, it's very interesting uh I actually think, who was it, Richard Turner? I actually think Richard Turner said that either it smashes the park, smashes out the competition of all of the test best, like the ones that he's eaten in the 10 best restaurants in the world. He said, I think he said it smashes them out the park or it's like clearly number one. Or for him, he thinks it's it's absolutely fantastic. So, so yeah, I mean, I think that Richard Richard Turner was extremely impressed and uh and yeah, has compared it to be like one of the best restaurants in the world. Yeah, I would def- definitely go back. Like, whenever I'm in London, I will go there. Like, definitely. <laughs> it, yeah. And it was literally it was that good that the next day when we woke up, I was just like, I don't know if I want to eat steak again now because that might have ruined it for me by being so good. And I was like, well, should we just go there again tonight? <laughs> yeah. But we didn't. But we wanted to. <laughs> you need to book. But it, yeah, and it's all done up so nicely in there as well. We had a the only we had a one little hiccup with it, but I enjoyed it. The uh, one thing from the evening was getting his airflow under control with smoke and stuff in the restaurant. We had the fire alarm get set off at one point. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah, but it was only for like a split second when he ran out and quickly switched it off and. He put the like air flow up to like full power and it sucked it all out and away we go. It was mm-hmm. one, of, one of those things where you didn't really notice it had got smoky, I think. I think it was more probably yeah. just, I guess with all these sort of open fire restaurants, that's probably the biggest challenge for these guys is managing airflow. Um but he's kind of got it it seemed to be like one way or the other, it was like not enough or like it's drawing it out so fast. <laughs> Yeah, I think that sometimes uh, again, it's 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 funny that uh, you say that that when you're cooking in the kitchen sometimes or, or cooking anywhere, and uh, it's, it's, it gets extremely smoky. But when you're in that environment, as it's getting smoky, you don't really tend to notice it. And then someone will walk in and be like, "Oh my god, how are you in here? I can barely yeah. see it. It's smoke." <laughs> and then you sort of look around and you're like, "Okay, I can sort of notice it now." And then you're like, "Oh shit, it is really smoky." Yeah. Oops. Uh, <laughs> I did say ship there, just in case anyone's wondering. Yeah, uh, you're into shipping, aren't you? We yeah, yeah. Often say it. Um, I mean, I mean, when Niall came on the show, he talked about mm. the beef uh, and he talked about uh, where it was sourced from. So go on and check that out. It's it's, it's amazing and and yeah, it, it's great to see someone really showcasing uh, British produce, which which Noana does, uh, and and British techniques and and things that he's learned along with uh, Colin McSherry from around the world and their and their jobs, uh, their previous chefing roles in, in other restaurants. So, so, yeah, it's amazing to see it, it being done. It's amazing to see people like Richard Turner saying that it's potentially uh, one of the best restaurants in the world, in his opinion. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm really jealous, for yeah. one. And secondly, really looking forward to trying it on my, on my return. Yeah, I would say when you fly back into London... Just make a, make, make a pit stop there before you even think about coming back to Plymouth. As 
There's no, yeah. there's nothing going here at the moment, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I do think, uh, yeah, I think that that will be pretty vital to my settling back into yeah. to the UK. Will be maybe spending a week in London just eating amazing food. Uh, yeah. It might be a good shout, to be honest. Yeah. I'm going to pitch it to Sarah and see what she thinks. You need to come back down there because our coffee shops had quite an upgrade since you left. Our coffee shops are what? Uh, our coffee shop that we go for our morning coffee every day has yes. had quite the upgrade since you left. I know, I've, I've heard, I've heard, yeah. So, it's trying, they're trying to tempt me back, I think. So yeah. they missed me, so they basically upgraded the whole site and spent hundreds of thousands of pounds uh, to try and tempt me back. But, you know, I'm not that easy, to be honest. Come on, coffee's good there. You know it was the best. <laughs> uh, so where else did you eat in London on this trip? Did you eat anywhere else uh, Worth, the other, worth the other, we the other places that we at I can't really name because of the fact that we went to like the food markets and stuff and I don't actually okay, yes, I didn't yes. like make any note of like the actual vendor names of where we bought our food from but yeah but we went there was I can't remember what the food market's called but it's the one that's really close to the London Eye that's do you know that little area there uh. So that is now. South Bank. Yeah, is it? I don't know if they call it South. Bank so are you talking food. about on the actual river where the where the food is there? Yeah, it's or just set, set like just set back bit, behind yeah. where the there's like a theatre or something there, and it's yeah. just set behind that. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's the, that is, I mean, the walk along there is South Bank. I mean, if you go to South Bank and there's there's actual food and stuff on the actual walk, and we were. Just sorry, jumping in there, but we were talking about once, and we were looking at this uh, this guy that had set up this uh, restaurant on the river, and it was like it looked like it would be made out of like sort of containers, and he had big big green eggs on all the tables and stuff, and and I saw that last time I was there, and I sent you a you a uh, picture because yeah. yeah, we yeah, were yeah. chatting about it, and, and that's on South Bank actually on the water, and mm. uh, I had a burger from there, and it was it was all right to be honest, wasn't wasn't anything special, but. I probably should have got something else on the menu, but we we didn't eat in. We were so they have like takeaway downstairs, so it's open open sort of kitchen front hatch where they do like sort of their street food takeaway sort of thing, and then you can also sit upstairs on a table and and have sort of more of a restaurant experience. We didn't have time for that, but but yeah, I mean that that was quite cool and interesting. You showed me that, and then and funny, I was just walking along South Bank and and bumped into it it's somewhere where you always get some sort of good food along there there's there's some normally like loads of cool uh, street vendors and stuff that are there so you, you'll normally get, and there's normally a good buzz there as well because there's lots of people yeah uh, and there's street performers and street artists and stuff i i really like the vibe walking along uh south bank actually yeah it was it's just awesome right we we went back there because we'd been to, there was like a little cafe there a few years ago. We'd had breakfast in and we were like, yeah. oh, we'll go back to there. We got there and it was like heaving and it was a really nice sunny day. And we were like, do we really want to queue up to go inside and sit in there when it's really nice out here? And then we mm. carried, carried on walking past and then this South, like it's right next to the South Bank Centre. It is where you said it is. South Bank Centre Food Market and there was just, loads of vendors there and it was just a real yeah, yeah. hustle and bustle uh, i had i got inspiration actually i cooked it myself uh, last weekend was to do like a shrimp po' boy type sandwich thing cool. that was because i'd seen i didn't have it but i saw it there it was just like 
as we walked around, I was taking pictures of food that I thought looked awesome that I was going to recreate at home. But mm. yeah, it was a- well, do you know what's awesome about that food market is because it's not it's not a particularly massive food market. No, I mean it's not it's not huge, but there's such a variety of options there. Uh, it's such a, a cluster of different uh, different styles of cuisines from around the world, actually all all in one market. So like whoever's put it together has really thought about who they've let in or whatever, because you walk around and, you, and there literally is food from around the world there. There's, there's so many different options. Yeah. And, and they did actually have a Korean barbecue there. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, every time I go, there's sort of like a, a couple of new vendors doing different things and you've got your normal stuff you probably expect at a food market, but also you've got some amazing different bits from around the world. So, so yeah, it's, it's a really cool food market actually. Yeah. So that's, we spent all the rest of our time. We were, we were going to, the aim was to go to temper one night and doing no yeah. the other night, but we ate too much in the daytime at the market to go out to temper in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> so that's okay it, it, I'm sure, I'm sure it happens i'll get, I'll get there next time <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's a it's a good compromise anyway getting to enjoy some uh great food from from food markets i think cab in london really has it down yeah and and uh and i don't know like i think that again they've they've got the the old the the food market sort of thing sussed out where again they have people from around the world doing exciting things so one thing for me is like okay so getting people to eat different cuisines from around the world is is a really interesting thing so if you've got a vendor doing doing stuff it's 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 also important that they're I don't know they they have a certain way with the public to convince them to try things because that that's it at the end of the day is, is some some food from around the world is 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 pretty ugly to be honest or doesn't sound amazing and it's it's often the trying it which is sort of like that eureka moment where you try it and you're like oh my god that's that's amazing and i think like stuff like curbs fantastic for people to to delve into these these different cultures and try these different uh foods and and yeah and, and i think the curb has has done it very well where they've got a massive selection of of different vendors from around the world that are doing different things uh but in a maybe uh, in a cool British palatable way where we look at it and think, well, that looks good, that sounds tasty, or they modify things slightly to, to suit our tastes, or the the people are the the, the street the, the stall vendors are outgoing people and getting people to try stuff and try this and try that, or yeah. So I think that the London food scene is 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 fantastic and. The street food scene is also fantastic, and and that's something that that is very similar over here in in Kuala Lumpur is is that sort of style of eating and and, and yeah, just being a general melting pot with cultures around the world. Definitely, yeah. So I could, when I got back from London, I was just all inspired, I guess, by like lush steak, seeing all these different food places and. It tends to be that's, I guess, you're exactly the same as me. Like, wherever we go, even if we don't go there intending to be on a food discovery, it just inadvertently turns into that, doesn't it? We just love food. (laughs) (laughs) Just love eating. Yeah. So, yeah, so I got home and I straight away then, right, let's do some recreation. And just before I'd gone away, actually, um, Ty from 
Max Barbecue had just been up and delivered the Pro Q Titch right, reverse flow cabinet smoker. So oh, I, amazing. So I had it there. I was like, he delivered it, and then I was off to London like the next morning. So I didn't get to like play with it. So as soon as I was like away and I was seeing all these things, I was just like. I can't wait to get back because as soon as I get yeah. home, I'm going to get that out and start having. But you're gutted, like yeah. just getting a new toy and then not being able to use it. Yeah, oh. Exactly. So it sat sat there in my garage, and I was just like, just Come so on. we know Titch is the the smallest of the of the range. Um, is it? Yeah, I think it is, isn't it? Yeah, and it's it's sort of like made for the the sort of home user, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of it's the comparable product to something like the Kamado Joe, like the big green egg, it's kind of, it's in that similar like price bracket, I guess, to like a big green egg. Okay. And you're getting similar-ish capacity, but that's what I thought, I guess, on paper. When we first started, it was like, I think it's going to be very similar capacity-wise to my Kamado Joe. Yeah. But actually, like, it's really big. There's a lot of space in it. Um, It's got like four shelves in it. And I was speaking to Ty about it yesterday, saying the fact, actually, like, all of your trays and stuff that you've got for cooking, like, in your house, in the oven, generally always tend to be square or rectangle. Like, they're, they're, you don't tend to have that many round dishes. They do have a few, but not very many. And I find that quite often with cooking in the Kamado, that that's what I'm, like, holding me back type features is that capacity when you've got square dishes to fit inside a round device it becomes a bit more tricky to get them fitted in mm. but i found with the titch because of its shape means it actually you can get so much in there and i was getting i did like our roast dinner on it on sunday and i could get like the whole roast dinner pretty much on one shelf inside it and it's got yeah, four cool. shelves <laughs> amazing and so, and how have you found it so far yeah really really impressed with it actually it's I don't know when I first started I was like a little bit wary about like am I going to get it too hot am I not going to get it hot enough but actually when it came down to it it was just follow the kind of setup routine that Ty said to me before he's like right we're inside the firebox you've got like a kind of wiggly maze that works its way through if you just light up enough coals to fill that first section then it will just slowly just burn its way around the maze to get, keep smoking through and it did mm-hmm. it just held perfectly so i filled that first section up got the air vent open really wide and away we went I, at first thought i was like ah, oh, i'm not sure how am i gonna get my probes into here because i hadn't really thought about that i just put it all together lit it up got it up to temperature and then i was saying oh the probes where do they go do they have to go in through the chimney but Actually, because of the reverse flow in there, like the chimney isn't even straight into the chamber. <laughs> no, yeah. So I was like, oh, how do I get these in? And then I just noticed on the front, I was like, ah, oh, oh, here we go. Pretty obvious when you think about it. So there's a mm-hmm. little uh, kind of nut that you can unscrew off of it. Unscrew, yeah. yeah. And then it's got like a little slit out of the pipe so your cables can go into it nicely. Yeah. And yeah, I've obviously, I've seen seen the cabinets lots of times that we've been down to ProQ and we've seen them down there we've seen them at all the comps where teams are using them but it's different and really cool to finally have my hands on one and actually start using it myself so yeah really really impressed with it I think we'd definitely even at this size like for doing 
catering events and stuff, there's enough capacity to be doing quite a bit of food in it. Amazing. So it's it's it's, it's definitely for the the home use because of the the pricing and, and stuff like that. But at the same time, can also be used commercially as well because of the yeah. capacity and it's it's definitely a bridge of that gap as well. So if it's something that maybe you were thinking about dabbling your hands in 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 the future a little bit it's a really cool investment maybe yeah it definitely is definitely worth it i'll follow up a bit more like i think we're run out of time now but when i've played with it a little bit more we can talk through a few more features on it. yeah definitely definitely i mean you were, you were thinking about doing that little where uh, little uh, rib delivery service in your local area just to yeah, help exactly, out the community yeah. and, and that'd be perfect for that i guess yeah but yeah you are right we are running out of time so we can sort of step in there and, and end it for now. We sort of blabbled on a bit there about barbecue from around the world and different <laughs> bits, but it's been good fun chatting as yeah. always. Nice to catch up. Definitely. See you next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening guys. Ciao. Ciao for now. Bye. I'm the best cook. You're listening to your United Q podcast. We're brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet, Kamado Joe and Smoke with Shack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ provide quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. Barbecue Gourmet, supplying the UK and Europe with top championship winning rubs, sauces, marinades and accessories from the US and around the world. You can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. Kamado Joe is renowned for build quality and innovation. From smoking, roasting or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Check out kamadojoe.co.uk plus Facebook and Twitter. Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent. Whether it's smoking wood chunks, dust, chips or planks, You can find them at smokewoodshack.com and you can find them on Twitter at smokewoodshack.